This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. We just finished up a series entitled The Fight. And I hope that, I hope that, that that series for you was helpful. I hope that it was encouraging. I hope that it, it helped you in your Christian walk. I hope that you're able to take those, those spiritual disciplines that we talked about over the last five weeks, and I hope that you're able to apply them to your life. I hope that they've made a difference in your life. Like, I've actually, what's been really neat is I've gotten to talk to a few of you about some different things that you've been trying in your life, some of the disciplines that you've been adding into your life, and it's been really neat to see and hear stories from you about how God is already being active and moving in your lives in those ways. And I I would just encourage you, man, it's one thing to know about them. It's another thing to apply them to your life. And so let's make sure that we take those tools and we apply them to our lives and God will impact your life. And and remember what we said throughout that series, that spiritual disciplines won't save your soul. Only Jesus can do that. They won't save your soul. Only Jesus can do that. But spiritual disciplines can be the difference between you living a powerful Christian life and a powerless Christian life, okay? So if you missed any of that series, I'd encourage you to go back, check out the podcast, um, share it with your friends. We want to help people. We want to help you grow in your faith. And as we turn to this new series, we're going to take about three weeks on this new series. And I begin this series by thinking about Summer. Well, let me put it this way. By thinking about the end of summer (laughs) and thinking about this new season that we're about to step into. And and what I would say is when summer began, if we kind of made a list, we probably all had a list of things that we wanted to do when summer started, right? Like maybe you're like, we're going to go on a great family vacation, or I'm going to spend all this time with the kids, or maybe you thought, I'm going I'm to work out and get in, some, get in really good shape, or, or you said, maybe we're going to go to the pool, we're going to go, like all these different ideas that you had, uh, that this is what we're going to do during summer, here's what's going to happen during summer, and day by day, week by week, kind of passed by, and the next thing we know, it's August, and the kids are going back to school, the teachers are going back to school, and summer has died. (laughs) And the only thing that we're left with, speaking of death, is this death heat that reminds us of opportunity lost. When summer started, what happened, man? We had all these great ideas. We had all these fun things that we're going to do. And maybe, maybe if you're like me, sometimes you look back and you're going, what happened to the time? What happened to, the, to those three months, those two months? What did I, what did I do with them? And, and what I would say is summer is not the only thing we do that with, is it? Matter of fact, I think that we probably do that with time in general. Like I'm, I'm 32 years old or young, however you want to look at it, depends on which, which side of that you're on, right? Like, I, I feel like I'm still relatively a young man. But what I would say is that this last decade of my life feels like it has flown by. Anybody else? You know what I'm talking about? It feels like this last decade of life has flown by. And when you talk to people, what they say is, the older you get, what, you, can you complete that sentence for me? The older you get, what? Faster it goes, right? Can I get an amen, right? And the problem with time is that we think we have plenty of it. We think we have an infinite amount of time, especially when we're young. We feel like we have all this time. And what I would say to us today, what we're going to talk about over the next three weeks, is that just ain't the truth. Welcome to church. (laughs) 
Job, as a matter of fact, in Job chapter 7, verse 6, and, and but just as a side note, if you're having a bad day, go read the story of Job, man, and he will put you in your place. Like Job had one of the worst days in the history of time, okay? Um, but Job in Job chapter 7, verse 6 says this, my days pass more swiftly than a weaver's shuttle. They come to an end without hope. Are you encouraged this morning, River Church? My days pass more swiftly than a weaver's shuttle. They come to an end without hope. Does anybody even know what a weaver's shuttle is? I had to look that up. Like, like you know, you ever just feel like, maybe you feel like this with me sometimes, like he was just reaching for something. Like he's like, I, I need something. Like a uh, weaver's shuttle, that'll work, right? Like you, sometimes you feel like that about some of my illustrations. Maybe like, man, Mike was trying on that one. <laughs> but, but actually what's interesting is a weaver's shuttle is this wooden tool that's using that's using that's used to weave thread together quickly. And so what happens is Job's saying our lives are woven together and woven together and woven together. And then what happens is when the garment's finished, when whatever is being made is finished, you take some scissors, cut the cord, pull it off, and it's done. And if you were to watch it, it's like this chaos, 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 chaos chaos, and then snip, pulled off, done, almost abruptly, almost without warning. And I think for some of us, that's maybe what our lives look like. It's this craziness, craziness, craziness with no real order, no real priority, no real direction in our life. And we're just going, 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 going. And then one day, you just look back and you're going, where did the time go? What, what, did, I, what did I actually do here with this thing, man? Let me give you some more encouraging verses this morning. Job 9.25 says, My days fly by faster than a runner. They flee without seeing any good. <laughs> Psalm 39.4 and 5 said, Lord, Lord, reveal to me the end of my life and number my days. Let me know how short-lived I am. You indeed have made my days short in length, and my lifespan is nothing in, my, in your sight. Yes, every mortal man and woman is only a vapor. <laughs> My days are numbered. <laughs> and the author of this psalm thinks that it's so very important that we are constantly reminded that there is an end date on our lives. Like, I joke all the time, like, I'm not planning on dying, right? And so far, I'm 100% good at it, right? Like, hasn't happened yet, right? But even I, somewhere in the back of my mind, know it's coming. As a matter of fact, there's this website called deathclock.com. Have you ever gone to it? You ever, you ever heard of it? Yeah, it's called, yeah, it's encouraging. It's deathclock.com. You go in and you put in it like male, female, you're, when you were born, smoker, non-smoker. And another one really interesting, if you're optimist or a pessimist or just normal, I don't know if any of us are normal, but right. Um, and then it will give you how long it thinks you have to live. It gives you an end date. And there's literally like a countdown clock. Like you have this much time left. <laughs> it's real fun. Like uh, just so you know, 89 years left. Doing good. Doing good. Well, not left. I'm going to make it to 89. And actually, this was not in my notes, but actually uh, I've been t walking you guys through my insurance, life insurance process. I know y'all real interested in this, but they think I'm going to live to 87. So deathclock.com is not real off. So go try it out. See how much time you have left. Be encouraged or discouraged. <laughs> But I think if we would live with this thought in mind that we do have an expiration date, <laughs> we might live a little bit differently. 
Because what happens in our lives is when we feel like we have an infinite amount of something, oftentimes we squander it, like, like that summer idea. Oh, I have so much summer, I have so many things to do, and then time passes by and you don't realize it. Or maybe you have you know, an excess amount of money, right? You have a lot of money, you're like, oh, you spend it a little bit more freely because you have a lot of it. You know what I'm saying? But then the other side of it, when we realize how finite some things are, we realize maybe how little of it we have, we choose to spend it a little bit more differently, right? Like my mom's a teacher, and as summer is growing closer and closer to the end, like I can just see the anxiety on her face, man. Like it's just starting to come up, and she's like, she's coming to get our son Gideon to hang out with him more and more because she's thinking, she knows, hey, the end is close, like this freedom's about to end, right? What I'm saying is when we understand how little of something we have, we spend it more carefully. Psalm 90, 12, this is actually a psalm that was written by Moses, one of the few ones written by Moses. He says, teach us to number our days carefully, teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Teach us to number our days so that we may live with wisdom. And and let me say this, the way that we order our lives matter. Because the thing that you put first and foremost in your life is going to impact, it's going to determine how much time, how much energy, how much of yourself you can give to the other areas of your life. So whatever you put first in your life is going to, let me say it this way, whatever you put first in your life is going to influence the rest of the things in your life. Moses says, teach me to number my days so that I may live with wisdom. And as we walk through this series over the next three weeks, I'm probably not going to tell you anything that you don't already know, right? Like you're going to walk away and you'll be like, I knew that, Mike, I knew that. <laughs> but, but let me say this. I may not tell you much that you already know, but, well, let me move on. I'm not going to tell you much you know, but knowing is only half the battle to steal from G.I. Joe, right? It's, it's, I'll say, he says it's half the battle. I'm going to say knowing knowledge is only half the battle, Because wisdom is not more knowledge. Like I know a lot of people that know a lot of stuff and they live like idiots, right? Can I say that as a preacher? Y'all stupid. No, not not you guys, (laughs) them. (laughs) Well, maybe, no, I'm just playing. I know a lot of people that know a lot of stuff and yet they live like fools. Wisdom is not more knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge to my life. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge to my life. So many of us know what to do, but we're just not good at doing it, myself included sometimes. You say, well, Mike, how, how can I tell if I'm doing good at this? Well, what I would say, and this where we're talking about today, is I would encourage you. We gave you that, that worship guide when you came in. You got some places you can write on. I would say right now, write down your top five. What's your top five priorities in your life? What would you say are the top five most important things in your life? I I would hope that family maybe hits that one. I would hope that, really hope that God hits somewhere in that top five. Personally, I would say number one maybe, right? That's just me. What do I know, right? But make a list. What's your top five? What would you say are the top five priorities of your life? And then maybe after you leave church, take that list, go home, open up your bank account, Open up your calendar and look at what you spend your money on. Look at what you spend your time on and ask yourself, how am I doing on this? Is the way that I live my life actually in line with the things that I say are the most important things in my life? You say, Mike, 
well, maybe I'm not doing good. What would I do? Well, that's okay. That happens to all of us. We got to refocus. As a matter of fact, last yesterday, we had a meeting with a lot of our leadership team here at the River Church, and we asked those very same questions. How are we, how are we doing on this? Because as a church, what we want to do is our, our priorities, we say our priorities are to glorify God by helping people to know God, have a relationship with God, help people find freedom from sin and, and shame, help people discover their purpose in this life, and to help them make a difference in the world around them. And what we had to do yesterday was we looked at it and we go, are we spending our money? Are we spending our time on doing that? Right. And so we all have to refocus sometimes. Right. And so that's what we're going to do during this series. What I want to help you do over the next three weeks is I want to help you put first things first, that you can look at that priority list and go, these are the most important things in my life. And at the end of this series, you can go, you know what? That's what I'm spending my time on. That's what I'm spending my resources on. Let's do this, baby. Okay. So I want to help you put first things first. I want to help you give your focus and energy to the things that actually matter in this life. Because what I believe is that all of us want our lives to matter, don't we? Right? Yes? I mean, I mean, you say no. No, I don't really care if it does. That's fine. Be honest. honest. We want honesty in here, right? But I think as a human being, all of us want our lives to truly matter, Right? So we want to give focus and energy to what really matters. And I would say that the things that matter the most are the things that last forever. The things that matter most are the things that last forever. And I want to help you through this series, do it now. Do it now. And so what we put first in that list is important, right? And, And I would say for us, that first and foremost thing is we prioritize should be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You say, Mike, you're the preacher. You're supposed to say that. I know. But it's also what I believe with every core of my being. <laughs> because l- let me say this to you. Everything in your life depends on all the things you want to accomplish, all the dreams that you have. Everything in your life depends on, as a Christian, your spiritual life being healthy. If your spiritual life isn't healthy, if your spiritual tank isn't full, full, then it's going to affect every other area of your life. Everything else is going to be out of whack. If your relationship with Jesus isn't going well, isn't right, it's going to affect your marriage, right? If your relationship with Jesus isn't going well in the right direction, it's going to affect your work-life balance. If your relationship with Jesus isn't in the right place, it's going to mess up your relationships. It's going to mess up your priorities. It's going to mess, mess up how you raise your kids, And so we have to start there because what happens is so often we focus on all the physical things that matter but don't really, really, really matter, and we get messed up. And what I want to say to you today, I'm going to give you permission to do something today. I'm going to tell you this sentence, and after I say it, you have permission to just stop listening because this is the most important thing I'm going to say to you today, okay? I'm giving you the most important one halfway through. Some of you are like, halfway? (laughs) I'm going to say this sentence, and I'm going to give you permission to stop listening. You can't leave. You have to still pretend like it, okay? Do what I did in school. But, but get this, okay? If you take notes, write this down. You are not a physical being having a weekly spiritual experience here at the River Church. You are not a physical being having a weekly spiritual experience at the River Church. You are are a spiritual being having a temporary physical experience in this life. You are a spiritual being having a 
temporary physical experience in this life. You're a soul. And at the end of the day, you're 80 years, 90 years, if you live as healthy as me, maybe 100. You're still going to die. And your body will turn into dust. But you know what's going to keep on going? Your soul. So you've got to take care of your soul. You've got to take care of your soul. Two weeks ago, we buried my grandfather and that we put his physical body in the ground. But you know what's still going? His soul. Take care of your soul. Put first things first. And you say, Mike, how do we do that? How do we do that? Turn when into now. So often in our lives, we say, one day when X happens, then I will Y. You know what I'm saying? Some math right there for you. <laughs> one day when X happens, I will do Y. One day when this happens, then I'll start doing this. One day when I get my money right, I'll start tithing. One day when I get a bigger house, I'll, I'll host a community group. One day when the kids are a little bit older, I might actually read my Bible. <laughs> one day when... When X happens, then I'll do blank over here. And, and we all have reasons why we put things off, especially even our souls, taking care of our soul. We all have reasons why we put things off. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes those reasons are hogwash, man. Y'all didn't know I knew that term, did you? <laughs> That's a country phrase, y'all. Sometimes those reasons are hogwash. But you know what? Sometimes those reasons are very valid. And sometimes those reasons are true things that impact our lives that make it difficult to, to take care of our soul. But let me tell you this, those valid reasons disrupt your spiritual life just the same. Those valid reasons can stunt your taking care of your soul just the same. And now you can keep using those valid reasons. You can keep putting it off even though it's a valid reason or you can remember that your days are numbered. Turn the win into now. Deal with it now. Quit waiting. <laughs> What's God talking to you about today, River Church? What is that thing that he's trying to do in your spirit? What is that thing that he's trying to do in your soul? What is that thing that he is pushing you towards that you keep putting off? Is he looking at you and say, hey, man, it's time to get involved in serving. It's time to start doing something. It's time to start living with a purpose. Is he looking at you and going, here's this sin that is destroying you and it's secret and you're hiding it and it's time to deal with it. Time to do something about it, man. You, are you, maybe for somebody in this room, it's, it's even taking that first step towards salvation and saying for the first time in my life, I'm gonna give my life to Jesus. You're a soul. That's, that's first and foremost, man. What's God talking to you about today. You need to turn when into now. What's your next step? Turn your intentions into actions and put God first in your actions and start today. Because the end is near. If you grew up in church, you've probably heard this your whole life. Jesus is coming back. Anybody ever heard that before? Talk about it all the time. And I don't know, I'm not against it. I mean, I, I believe it. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it, you always heard that, right? Growing up, the end is near, the end is near, the end is near. And I don't know when Jesus is coming back. I don't know if the end times is near. What I do know is the end is closer for you and me than we think. 
welcome to church. And Peter gives us some advice, some things he says, here's what we need to do as Christians, because the end is near for us. It's closer than we think. Here are some ways that you need to prioritize your life. And so if you take notes, I'm going to give you three things from Peter real quick to help you reprioritize your life. He says in 1 Peter 4, 7, he says, now the end of all things is near. Therefore, and by the way, we gave you a journal last week, so you can take notes. He says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and be disciplined for prayer. What he says for us, he says, the end of all things is near. Focus your hearts on, be disciplined in prayer. Be serious about prayer. And I'm going to even expand that a little bit. I'm gonna, I think that Peter is saying, be disciplined and serious about experiencing God in your life. Apply that discipline series we've been talking about to your life because you need to experience God. You don't just need to be around church people. You don't just need to be around a church. You need to come into a place and in your life, you need to experience God in your life. You need an urgency in your life to experience God's presence and power in your life. And let me just tell you this. You don't just need it. I need it, man. Like there are things that I believe that God is calling me to do and be as a man that I can't do without experiencing the power of his presence in my life, like Katie and Joel were talking about this morning. There are things that I believe that God is calling my family to be and do that we cannot do if we don't experience the presence and power of God in our lives. There are things that our church, that God is calling us to be as a church that we cannot be if we don't experience the power and the presence of Jesus in this place. Have you ever, uh, have you ever been, begin telling somebody a story, like talking about an experience that you had or like, you know, a trip that you went on? You're showing them pictures and you're telling them about, oh, this view, man, it changed my life. And like, you're telling them all these things. And then, and then like halfway through, you're just like, you, you had to be there. You ever done that? Right? Or you told a story and you're like, it's funny, I promise. I guess you just had to be there. <laughs> or maybe it's just not funny, but... <laughs> Maybe you're not as funny as you think you are. Some of you are thinking, neither are you, Mike. <laughs> My point is, you can tell them about the experience. You can talk to them about the views. You can talk to them about how it changed your life. But if they don't go on that same trip with you, if they don't have that experience that you had, they're never going to understand what you experienced. Let me say this about God. I can tell you about God. I can teach to you about God. I can preach to you about God. I can sit up here at the front of this place and worship him with everything that I am. I can talk to you about the life-saving, life-transforming beauty of his grace and his love and his power, but you will never truly understand it if you don't experience yourself. You have to experience it yourself. So Peter says, put first things first. Focus your heart on experiencing God. When? Today. In this place, as we worship together, in your homes, when you go home, focus your hearts on being with him, experiencing him, knowing him. And then he moves on. He says, 1 Peter 4, 8 and 9. He says, above all, maintain an intense love for each other. That's a pretty tough one, isn't it? All right. I can get around Jesus, I can pray, but loving people? He says, above all, maintain an intense love for each other since love covers a multitude of sin. That's pretty cool. 
be hospitable to one another without complaining. Peter tells us, he says, the end is near, focus on prayer and experiencing God. And then the next thing he says we should do is we reprioritize our lives because time is short. Focus on people. Focus on the relationships that he has put in your life. And he says, and love those people with an intense love. He says, be around them. Stop complaining about them. <laughs> Forgive them. Stop getting in those dumb arguments. Get people in your home and enjoy life together today. And don't waste your time on those dumb, dumb arguments. Just enjoy each other. Just love each other. Just forgive each other, man. I added the man. <laughs> is, man, is, is, there, is there anyone in here today that maybe just needs to love on somebody that needs to, be, to feel love? Maybe, maybe you're in here today and you just need to get over some stuff so you can allow love to cover over that sin or how you were harmed or how you were whatever. Get over it, move on, and just love on those people that God has put around you in your life. Peter's saying time is too short to hold grudges. Time is, time is too short to not forgive. Time is too short to not get over it. Like, do you want to look back 30 years from now and go, I guess I'll get that relationship right now? No, you don't. And you may think that you have all kinds of time to do it, but I'm telling you, it's just like summer, baby. It's going to pass by and you're going to go, man, I wish I had. Man, I, I wish I had. Don't waste your time thinking that you have plenty of time to get it right. Check out who's in your corner. Check out the relationships that God has placed around you. And I would say this, time is urgent. Get in a community group here at the River Church. If you're not involved in a community group, if you're not involved in getting to know the people that you're doing life with, the people that you're walking through your Christian life with, you need to do it now. Time is short. Do it now. We, we're going to tell you about a cool opportunity that we're having this week for you at the end of service. Do it now. And actually, our community group season is going to end in a couple of weeks. But then back in, in September, we're launching them again. Get involved in a group now. Who has God placed in your life? Love them. Love them. Matter of fact, this is kind of a cool one. I was watching a TED Talk a few weeks ago, and they were talking about the best indicator of how long someone is going to live. I don't know why God has me on this morbid, like, thing right now. Like with the, I don't know. I really don't. But I was, so I was watching this TED Talk, and they, and they said that you can, like, they kind of did this chart. So if you give up smoking, it'll extend your life by this amount of time. If you give up drinking, it'll extend your life by this amount of time. If you, if you work out, it'll, you know, extend your life this amount of time, right? But the number one indicator of something that could extend your life was someone who has deep relationships consistently in their life. Even over giving up smoking, even over giving up drinking, even over a healthy diet, even over working out, it was having deep, close relationships in your life consistently. You know what's encouraging about that? Get some deep friendships and you don't have to work out. <laughs> As we put first things first, let's focus our hearts on the relationships and the people that God has put around us. Peter says, the end is short, this is important. This is important. And then finally, 1 Peter 4, 10, 11, he says, based on the gift each one of you has received, use your gifts to serve others as good managers of the varied grace of God. 
If anyone speaks, it should be as one who speaks God's word. If anyone serves, it should be from the strength that God provides so that God, hear that, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Peter says, time is short. Focus on your purpose. Focus on God has given you gifts. God has given you abilities. God has given you talents. And as a Christian man or woman, he has called you to be a difference maker in the kingdom of God today. He's called you to be a difference maker in the kingdom of God today. What does that, what does that look like for you? What, what are some of the things that God has just wired you with? What are some of the spiritual gifts that he's given you? What are some of the talents that he's given you? What are some of the passions that he has put in you? I, I promise you, those things aren't there by accident. It wasn't a mistake. God's not like, oh, I didn't realize you had that. That's pretty cool. He wired you that way. He made you that way. How can you take those things that he's given you and live with a purpose and with a passion? And I would encourage you, Peter says, focus on those gifts, steward those gifts, and glorify God with those gifts. Glorify God with those gifts. And one, one way, I'll just plug the river, one way that we do that, we, we try to connect you with a place to serve here at the river. Because we believe that a disciple of Jesus, right, is involved in serving. And so we try to offer people opportunities to serve. And if you're saying, Mike, man, that, that would be great. I would love to find a place to serve. Well, next week we're starting our deeper class. And as we walk through deeper class, at the end of it, we test out your spiritual gifts. We see how God has wired you. And then we try to connect you with a place to serve. So maybe that's you today. And you're going, Mike, man, I would love to find a place to serve. I'd love to find a place to plug in. Take that class starting next week, immediately after service. And if you say, Mike, I've already taken it, but now I'm ready to serve, write something in that communication card. Let us know and we'll, we'll find somewhere for you. God has wired you. God has gifted you. And God says, use those gifts, steward them well, live to make a difference and for a purpose. God has gifted you. Don't waste those gifts. So Peter says to us, he says to us, time is short, the end is near. Moses tells us, count your days. <laughs> Live with wisdom in this week. What I want for you, you say, Mike, what's my takeaway? Write this down in your River Church journal that you have. Focus on first things first. Make your priority list. Look at your priority list and look, how am I doing on that? Focus on first things first and look at how you can give your time and energy to what matters, what really, really matters, and then make a plan to do it when? Man, you guys did listen. Y'all didn't just shut off. Put first things first, and as we head into this new season of life, focus your life on experiencing God. Focus your life on building deep relationships with the people God has placed around you. And then focus on using the gifts that God has given you to serve others and to glorify God. Amen. And let me say this last thing and then I'm going to walk off the stage. Is that none of these things that we've talked about today matter if you haven't taken that very first step. And that very first step is you come into a point in your life where you say, I am giving my life to Jesus today. And so I want to encourage you, man, if that's a step that you haven't taken, I encourage you to take that step today. And it's as simple as talking to Jesus and saying, God, I realize that I need you. I realize that I am a sinner. I realize that I am lost. God, will you forgive me and let me follow you with my life? 
and I would encourage you, I'll be right down here. If anybody would like me to help them walk through that, come down and talk to me. I will pray for you. I, we want that for you. We want you. It's like we talked about it. You can't, I can talk to you about God, but you can't understand it unless you've experienced it in your own life. And so today I would encourage you to experience that in your life today. And if you, if you say, Mike, you know, I just want to sit here in my seat and pray and talk to God about it, do it. Okay, do it. And the band's going to sing and we're going to worship, but I would encourage you today to take some time and pray. I would encourage you to take some time and talk to God about what we talked about today. Am I putting first things first? Am I focusing on what really matters and how can I do it now? God, I love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for this challenge that you've put in front of us. God, we, we know time is short, God, and we may have 80 years, 90 years left, but time flies by. Help us to not waste our lives, but to be able to look back at the end of our life and go, I did it well, man. I did it well. Help us to focus on what truly matters. And if there's anyone in this place today who doesn't know you, God, I pray that they would give their lives to you, that they would experience you, that they could see that forgiveness and love that we talk about, God. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen.